An Untold Story by Thomas Bailey Aldrich. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez. An Untold Story. The night was heavy, with the scents of flowers distilled in the dampness. A band was playing under a pavilion on the further side of the garden. Among the foliage hung hundreds of colored lights. The moon had risen, and in open spaces the overleaning sprays and branches were stamped in black on the asphalt walks, which, diverging right and left, led to fountains and cafes and secluded nooks. Here, after the heat of the day, the beauty and fashion of Budapest assemble for an hour or two to lounge and eat ices and get a breath of cool air. In the gay season, nearly every nation on earth contributes a costume or a singularity to the picturesque throng. Within a dozen paces of the little iron table where I was seated, the Danube swept by almost flush with the stone coping. At this point the current is very strong, running at a speed of not less than five or six miles an hour. The spring floods, fed by the snows and rains of the Blocksburg, must at times, I thought, test the strength of the buttresses of the airy bridges whose far-stretched threads of light were now repeating themselves in the water. A sultry summer night, with scarcely wind enough to stir a leaf on the topmost bough, and only now and then a hasty breath like a sigh from the river. The crowds of promenaders were gathered about the music stand, and I was virtually alone as I sat listening to the Strauss waltz and repeopling the height of the opposite shore with the hordes of turbaned Turks who stormed and took the place in 1526. Etched against the sky was a crumbling citadel, no longer solicitous of the straggling gray town that had crept up to it for protection. A sentinel fallen asleep ages and ages ago. From time to time a small boat glided across the broad strip of moonlight lying on the water and vanished. Suddenly a figure, the slender figure of a girl, rushed past me so closely that I felt the wind of the flying drapery. An instant afterward she had thrown herself into the Danube, a dark shape which the velocity of the current pressed against the masonry was carried twenty or thirty yards down the stream almost before I could spring to my feet. As I did so, a policeman, who seemed to rise out of the ground in the shadow of an acacia tree, leaned over the low curbing and clutched at the outspread skirt, which had not yet lost its buoyancy. A moment later two other guardians reached the spot, and the girl was lifted from the river, insensible, and lay glittering on the greensward. She was not more than eighteen or nineteen, a very beautiful girl, with the full delicate lines which distinguish the Slav women of even the peasant class. Her black hair hung in strands about the throat and face, the pallor of which was further intensified by the deep fringe of her eyelashes. On one half-bared shoulder, where it had probably grazed the brickwork, was a bruise. She wore a robe of some soft white material, plainly made, but in the fashion of the hour. A narrow scarlet ribbon, the bow of which had slipped under the ear, encircled her neck. A ring set with a single stone sparkled on the forefinger of the right hand. There were no other attempts of personal adornment. The simplicity of the girl's dress, 
with its certain negative evidences of refinement left her grade in life indeterminate she might have been a lady's maid or a duchess beauty knows no distinction the color had gone from the lips they were slightly parted as though she were smiling in her trance if it was a trance could it be death that seemed hardly probable under the circumstances though so complex and delicate is the mechanism of the heart that a lighter shock than she had sustained may stop it she had floated face downward and there was some delay in lifting the body from the water but not three minutes had elapsed between the desperate act and the rescue by this time a number of persons had collected and there were many gesticulations and much chattering in french italian and hungarian the import of which i could not catch beyond an inference that the girl had been identified by one of the bystanders a nondescript elderly person with glasses who seemed in no especial manner afflicted by what had occurred but was appreciative of his own accidental importance subsequently i received the impression that the man found himself mistaken and had relapsed into nobody again the lookers-on increased momentarily drawn to the spot by some inscrutable instinct of sight-seeing one of the undreamed-of penalties of the suicide is to become spectacular at the approach of a newcomer a physician the crowd respectfully drew aside making place for him his examination was of necessity superficial and preliminary when it was ended he rose from his knee and without speaking spread a handkerchief over the face until then uncovered the thin tissue adhered to the damp features and straightway moulded itself into a startling mask the doctor briefly interrogated the three guards made a few memoranda on his tablets and departed a little distance off their curiosity partly overcoming their fear stood a group of children in an attitude of hesitation ready for instant flight like a flock of timid sparrows the physician's departure was the signal for renewed chattering and gesticulation in which a helmeted sergeant de ville now joined taking rapid notes and occasionally pausing to wave the book over his head an energetic sergeant de ville then an interval of poignant silence ensued everybody waited presently four men appeared with a litter and the girl was laid upon it looking like a marble statue carved on some medieval tomb and was so borne away the cortege had hardly disappeared down the main avenue when a gentleman evidently a person of consequence came hurriedly from an opposite direction a footman in livery following closely at his heels on learning which path the bearers had taken the pair hastened after them the crowd dispersed as quickly as it had gathered and i went back to my seat under the trees the river flowed on in the moonlight strains of music from the orchestra and sounds of happy voices softened by distance drifted through the shrubbery the cafes were emptying and the richly decked women and men in evening dress sauntered idly past nothing was changed in the mise-en-scene of half an hour before all the fairy-like stage properties were the same the effacement of the tragedy was so complete that the swift dark interlude had scarcely left a sense of its incongruity it was like a dream that one recalls confusedly on awakening did i imagine this thing a while ago as i sat drowsing in my chair with the untasted ice beside me one tangible detail remained the trampled greensward yonder where the body had lain and the parapet splashed with water 
the next morning i searched the papers such at least as were printed in french for some item touching the occurrence but found none how came it that the taste of life so soon turned bitter on those young lips was it some lover who scorned her or one from whose love she fled to the heart of what man walking the thronged streets of the city or dwelling alone in some adjacent suburb did this piteous death send an intended pang there was a kind of relief in knowing nothing more than i had witnessed perhaps the vague drama that pieced itself loosely together in my imagination was better than the reality would have been a gloss of grim fact might have spoiled the finer text as it was the pathos and the mystery of it all haunted me and followed me across the sea in the months that succeeded the incident gradually faded out of my mind and probably would never have detached itself from the blur of half-forgotten things if chance had not again brought me to the hungarian capital as the orient express was nearing budapest the recollection of the girl who threw herself into the river two years before came abruptly into my thought and insisted on staying there the reminiscence was natural enough time and place considered but the obstinacy of it irritated me a little after dinner that evening i joined the promenaders in the garden the small iron table with its green painted chair under the linden was in the same place and had quite the air of having kept itself unoccupied for me all this while the river once more turned itself into silver and lapis lazuli as i looked the military band was playing the old interminable waltz and the same waiter took my order for an ice it might have been the untasted ice of two years ago refrozen the thing that had happened seemed weirdly on the point of happening over again sitting there i half expected a slender girlish figure to rush past me at intervals the remembered face glimmered among the shadows under the acacia trees the face like a white rose drenched with rain my halt at budapest was of the briefest a break in a long eastward journey to be resumed the following afternoon as i was driving to the station the next day a block in the crowded street brought my conveyance to a stand facing me on my right and some eight or ten yards distant was a landau wedged in a mass of carriages the gold braid of the coachman and footman first caught my eye then i glanced at the occupants of the carriage a lady and a gentleman and on them my gaze rested spellbound it was the girl i had helped to drag from the river the gentleman at her side and the footman on the box were the two men who had hurried into the garden that night just after the removal of the body excepting for them i might have discredited my eyes i could not be mistaken in all three it was she pale as i remember her but now with an aureole of distinction which she had not seemed to wear in her forlorner state i had seen only her slavonic beauty she was simply robed as then but now more richly with a flash of diamonds at the wrist as she lifted one hand in a sudden imperious gesture to the driver of a vehicle behind her there was i fancied something characteristic and temperamental in that gesture i had only a moment for observation the impeded stream of traffic flowed again and the landau swept by leaving a deepened mystery on my hands 
Here was a more complex drama than I had sketched my imagination two years previously. Then I had been content with the commonplace plot of some poor girl deserted by her lover, but now the play was not so simple as that. It involved subtler motive and action and a different setting. There were new elements in the tragedy and sharper contrasts to be considered. These two persons were evidently persons of rank. On the panels of the Landau was a heraldic blazon, a clue if it had been possible for me to follow it. Who were they? Father and daughter, or husband and wife, or mistress and lover? I was not to know. I had caught a glimpse of one lurid page in the book of those two lives. Then the volume had been closed, and so far as I was concerned, sealed forever. That shut book, it stands darkling on a shelf by itself in my library, unread and never to be opened. In certain frequent moods, I find myself tantalized beyond reason by its conjectural romance. I have read many a famous novel which has not had for me one half the charm that lies in that untold story. End of an Untold Story by Thomas Bailey Aldridge